Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hello and welcome back. We are officially at episode 70, which honestly kind of gobsmacks me. Um, This was a concept a year ago. It was a step in faith about eight months ago, and here we are in episode 70. There's only going to be one more episode in February, which also gobsmacks me because that means two months of 2022 are finished, and I'm just trying to, you know, get through day by day. So the fact that we are collectively putting winter behind us in very short order... I'm pretty jazzed about that, not going to lie. Today, I'm going to take it in a direction where I want to use two extended metaphors to help us understand how to dive into some of the emotional gunk that we might have to process through. And one of the analogies is going to be related to muscle health, and the other one's going to be related to how to kind of set parameters around, you know, grief and process through our process through our emotional stuff, and then picking it up and exploring it and setting it down. And I want to give two, hopefully, metaphors that can help with that. The first one is related to muscle health. So if you go to the gym and you decide you want to make gains, two things aid in the process of muscle growth. One of them is progressive overload. So if I lift five pounds this week and six pounds next week and seven pounds the following week, which that's not the pace you would grow at necessarily, but what it's going to do is challenge my muscles to keep growing because progressively I'm going to demand more of them. Now you need enough fuel to do that and that's what protein's about. So progressive overload in protein are the two things that really need to be true for you to actually gain bulk in your muscles. But the second thing that needs to be true is time under tension. The more time that we spend in a particular movement, the more it's going to challenge our muscles to grow, the more it's going to demand of them. And so whether you're lifting high weights at low reps or whether you're lifting low weights at higher reps, time under tension is what's going to demand that your muscles begin to bulk and fill out because they're going to have to sustain the progressive overload that you keep adding in. And so I want to use this as an extended metaphor today for emotional health, but there's also a second metaphor. And this was brought to my awareness probably, you know, three or four weeks ago, I was talking to a friend and he's a fellow clinician and he was talking about the metaphor of an orange. So he says, he asks his clients to describe an orange, right? And so the orange is in their hand and they're like, well, it's round and orange. And he's like, yep, and I'm going to need more from you. And so they're like, I don't know, it's um, mostly spherical, but there's a little bit of a bend to it, so maybe it's not quite perfectly round. And there's some um, divots along the exterior of it, and it's a little bit squishy, and it has that little kind of hard nubbin at the top, which I'm not sure if that's the top of the orange or the bottom of the orange, but that's not really kind of what this episode's about. But the more time you spend with it, the more words come to mind to describe it. And so if we just look at it and take it at surface value, we're like, yep, it's round, it's orange. But if you challenge yourself again and again to dive back in and try to re-describe it and try to describe it more, what happens is you start to come up with a better understanding of the nuances and the complexities of this thing that you're holding. And so we're going to use that as a second analogy when we're trying to sort through some emotional gunk. 
And so I really like this ladder analogy and I've used it with some of my clients recently. And the cool thing about it is it gives parameters to what we're dealing with. And so we've started to practice together in session. What does it look like to stare at this orange? Let's say stare at this emotion of anger. Describe that anger for me. Let's hold it. Let's surface level look at it, but then let's squeeze it. Let's maybe even start to peel it. Let's look at all of the complexities of it. What do you think is going on with your anger there? And what we're doing is the more we actually explore it, the more we spend time with it, we're actually simulating time under tension. We're actually simulating what it looks like to hold something and build up stamina holding that something so we can grow stronger in it. Now, one of the things I also offer to them is, you know what? We sometimes get to just put the orange down. And so we talk through what are the tools, what are the strategies that you need to pick up the orange and explore it when it shows up. But life happens and you're also supposed to take care of all the things related to your life. So sometimes we'll have to set that orange aside. But because we grow in the under understanding that we can pick it up and set it down and pick it up and set it down, it stops being this feared encounter because our emotions are not supposed to be this place of terror. Our emotions are supposed to be something that gives us access to understanding our experience. And so if if clients learn that they can pick it up and set it back down and they're still going to be okay, then what we do is we build up the muscle memory of diving into their stuff, sorting through it, making meaning out of it, and then setting it aside if and when time doesn't allow them to spend more time with it. But I also work with them on building stamina. I work with them on exploring it more closely, spending that time under tension. And then if and when they're ready to dip back out, or if we go with the muscle analogy, if and when they're at fatigue, they can put the weight down and then go through a period of restoration and then come back to it. And so one of the things I talk with them is what do we prepare for? Well, number one, we have to prepare for grief because big feelings are going to help us acknowledge some of the big losses that we've experienced. And so we normalize, again, anger. We normalize depression. We normalize the fact that denial shows up in our stories. We normalize all of that, but we don't get scared to explore it because we can pick it up. And then when we're fatigued, we can set it back down and we can pick it up and we can set it back down. And the more you're able to do that, the more you're engaging emotional wellness and emotional health. And one of the ways I talk them through the necessity of this is we don't want to stay in the gunk of emotions. We don't want to stay with them unprocessed, unresolved, because they will continue to fester and they will show up. But the beautiful part is when we start to process through it and we start to engage the grief process. Grief is forward motion. And I talked on this several episodes ago. Grief is energy in motion. And as we actually process through the hard stuff, we're going to come to resolutions. We're going to come to different levels of emotional strength. We're going to come to different levels of emotional understanding. And we're going to have historical wins now, which means when big stuff comes up in the future, we can refer back and say, oh, I know how to handle that. I've done that before. So several weeks ago, and this was right after I heard the orange analogy, I've told you guys I'm pretty balls to the wall. It doesn't occur to me to take things at a slow cadence. And so I decided, you know what? I know that I spend a lot of time in avoidance. I know I do that. Historically, that's been a good 25 years of avoidance for me. And so I decided to turn off my podcast, turn off my audiobooks. I decided that I wasn't going to work every second I got. I was going to kind of set time aside to just be with my feelings and be with my thoughts. I will tell you the most excruciating part of kind of the five or six days that I was doing that was the car ride. Because I have been someone who over the last four or five years, every time I'm in the car, I'm listening to content. Every time I'm in the car, I'm trying to learn and trying to grow in my skills as a clinician. I'm just trying to be more well-rounded altogether. So audiobooks and podcasts and on occasion music, usually something's going on in the car with me. And I spend 25 to 30 minutes per drive each way from jobs and in between jobs. And so for the broadside of about six days, I'm in car ride after car ride in silence. And I watch where my mind goes and I watch what it was trying to process through. And then 
I just, I got hit over the head with a bevy of emotions and a bevy of kind of new realizations and new understandings. And it was so, so difficult. And so I went to therapy that following Monday. So this was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And when I went on Monday, uh, my therapist said, you're looking really sad today. And I was like, yep, that's been the theme for the last six days. And I said, I'm just, I'm so emotionally fatigued because I, I held the orange for these last six days. And I could tell you every piece of the orange, at least in this part of my story. And I could come up with a hundred thousand adjectives for it, frankly, at this point. And it's just so significantly painful. And so as what was helpful is I understand how kind of emotionally treacherous that was. I persevered and I got through it and that's great. But I also understand when I take it into the room and I talk through this method with my clients, I give them permission to tap out because I didn't actually understand that I had permission to tap out. I was just kind of white knuckling it through it. And a lot of really good things happened. It was time under tension. It was holding the orange. It was coming up with all of the descriptive words for that orange, but it didn't have to be that intense of a process. And I didn't understand that I had permission to set the orange down. And so that's what I walk through with my clients. Okay, we're going to do this. And when you need to tap out, let's talk about what that looks like. And that's not failure. That's you new rep after new rep after new rep. And when you need a time of restoration because you've hit fatigue, please take a time of restoration because fatigue is our reminder that we need to restore. And that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to set the orange down. Time under tension is great. Time under tension indefinitely, it's actually going to have diminished returns. So I was able to kind of go through my own experiment and realize that uh, giving clients permission to, you know, take some, take some of the pressure off might be actually pretty helpful. What was nice about that was this last week, between Wednesday and Thursday, well, it was actually Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I had a few things coming my way that felt really, really emotionally heavy. And that's in addition to the clinical work. And that's in addition to teaching and all of the things. There were some personal things that were kind of uh, reshuffling. Loved ones in the hospital that were sick, um, some kind of conflict that I had to kind of be elbows deep in for a little while that was kind of hard, some career realizations where I'm going to step away from things that have been so, so significant in my life. And so there was just a lot of heavy. And one of the things that comes to my mind is one of my trauma response pieces is uncertainty sends me into some really scary terrain. And so by about midday Thursday, I was back in that space of my thoughts are a little bit hijacked. My body's a little bit dysregulated. And I was in pretty much a trauma spiral. So a trauma response for the broadside of a couple of hours. And at one point I kind of looked in the mirror and I just saw like absolute terror on my face. But I knew that in a couple of hours I had to be ready for clients. And that was the first time I said, Steph, I know where you're at. I know where your thoughts are. Let's put the orange down for a little bit. And so I did something to help me self-soothe. I'm not going to lie. I went and had a piece of cake and that was really helpful. It was like Oreo cake. It was super delicious, but it was one of those things where it took the edge off. And I'm not telling you to step into something that's, you know, destructive for you to take the edge off. What I am saying is you can put the orange down. So I went and I had a piece of cake and then I went and sat in community with my clients all night and I was able to be in their stories. And that helped organically take some of the edge off too. And so it was helpful that a few weeks ago I I clutched the orange and, and didn't allow it any sort of reprieve. And it emotionally exhausted me in really profound ways, which wasn't a bad thing because it was a time under tension that was growth promoting, frankly. But I also don't need to do it with that intensity. I can pick up the orange, sort through it for a couple of hours, and then I can set it back down and give my body and my mind and my spirit proper time to re-engage and to revitalize before I pick the orange up again. 
And I can do that now because muscle memory has started to be created to go in and sort through my stuff. Progressive overload. So as I've sorted through something and then another thing comes up and I sort through that and another thing comes up, progressive overload has been going on for a while now and I'm getting significantly stronger and I'm able to navigate things much more succinctly as they show up because I'm not resisting the process anymore. One of the things I also talked about too is you need enough protein, right? If you're going to build muscle you need protein. My my part of the analogy that works there is if you're going to build emotional memory and emotional muscles, you're going to need tools. That's the really neat thing about therapy is we can be feeding your muscles different proteins or different tools throughout the process of mental health counseling, and you're going to get stronger because of that. So in between workouts, in between doing some of this deep diving into the gunk, I'm gaining tools, I'm gaining practice, and I know there's a payoff. What's really cool is I've told you on plenty of occasions that I work with a fitness coach and we, the program I'm on now, it's, we're eight weeks in. And on the second week, he switched me to tricep extensions, but there's a significant difference in my strength and my left tricep and my right tricep. So he said, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to lift first with your left tricep up and so do your extensions there and then match it in your right arm so the first week it was it was pitiful and I felt so sad I was able to do five on the first set four on the second set and two on the third set and I was I was just it felt pitiful right that wasn't a lot of stamina that wasn't a lot of follow-through and it felt just kind of pathetic but week after week I've been trying it and so we're six weeks in at this point because we started on week two and this was my week eight and I was able on my left arm to do 10 reps with the 15 pounders. And then on the second set, I did 10 reps again with the 15 pounders. And then on the third set, I did eight reps. So if we add that up, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. I was able to do 10 collectively week one. This week I did 28 and it's only been six weeks, but week after week I practice it. I show up and week after week I've been having the tiniest of gains. And so six weeks in, I've almost tripled my productivity because I kept with progressive overload and I kept with time under tension. And that's what I want to really encourage you. If something that I'm talking about here sounds important to you, if you're not able to get into your emotional gunk and you're not able to sort through it, I'm going to encourage you to understand understand that not only is it possible, but once you learn how to go through the emotional anguish of picking up that orange and setting it down and picking it up and setting it down and realizing you're okay, incredibly cool gains will happen and you will walk towards emotional health and emotional wellness with quite rapidity, which might not even seem possible at this point in time. I would say even a year ago, I was white knuckling it through life and I was saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine, it's all good. And then life became a dumpster fire and I had to recognize I was anything but fine and I've gained tools along the way and I've gained support along the way and I've had to pick up oranges and set them back down along the way and I can do that now because I understand that that's what growth entails. Healed is not a destination, it is a process. But I understand that being tried in the fire is redemptive. I understand that it's possible to pick up the orange and endure. I understand that growth happens in time under tension. And so I want to encourage you to think through what might it look like to pick up the orange What might it look like to explore things? What might it look like to persevere with time under tension? What might it look like to feed the right proteins to your muscles or to feed the right tools to your emotional wellness? It is possible, my friends, and it's something that I'd love to invite you into. Thanks so much for spending time here today. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. 
Until next time, be well. <laughs>